Podcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome, Internet. It is time for another after show for Moonbeam City here on AfterBuzz TV, live on YouTube. If you don't know that we are live on YouTube, we're live on YouTube. Uh, I am your host, the Internet Soapbox, Mark Donica, joined always by Mr. Greg Goodness. Greg, I'm still just jamming out, man. There's something about Dance Club that's just flipping good. It's It's got that pop quality and that 80s synth that you just can't, you can't ignore. Look at my shoulders, man. Look at how they're moving. I have never, ever seen a man dance like that before. You're blowing my mind. You've never seen anyone dance before because this is not how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> Just shoulders. Yeah. Just shoulders. That's it. That's how I dance. Uh, where can the folks find you on Twitter? They can find me on the tweets at Greg Goodness. Where can they find you on the tweets? They can find me on the tweets at SoapboxMark. We're going to be taking your live tweets using the hashtag ABTVMoonbeamCity. As well as uh, we are going to be trolling the, the chat as we do every episode. So welcome. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the, the character side of it because we finally got to see some character. I know. In the strike visualizer strikes again. Kind of giving it away at the top, but that's okay. Oh, I, this is the name of the episode. No, I know. That's right? what I mean is they gave it away with the title <laughs> of the episode. Uh, yeah, we did get to see a little bit more background. We learned a little bit more about our characters. They are no longer just these weird projections of violence and sex. They are people, dang it. Well, I mean, they are still these weird projections of violence <laughs> and sex, but they, they now we know a little bit more about what turned them into that. Right. And um, we this weird flashback, I mean, let's start with Dazzle, because uh, he, he's our main character. We learned a lot about him tonight. Oh, yeah. In the weirdest possible way. Absolutely. Uh, in the introduction of this character, Nocturne von Groff, we find out that bowling was a huge part of his life, and this uh, this what's known as strike visualizations, uh, the art, the arguably crappy art that you see <laughs> after you get a strike or a spare at a bowling alley, helped him get through the death of his mother. <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely a strange thing. I don't even think he was necessarily bowling. He just really enjoyed all of those animations. Mm -hmm. They really brought it out for him. I loved all the names of what was going on for yeah. that. By the way, just to get a little bit sidetracked, the spect happenings that he would throw... Uh, really fantastic. His pronunciation, guilty. He would he would do the hard gua <laughs> as opposed to the just the the standard grammar. Mm -hmm. Helped him stand out a lot. As yeah. uh, Peter Serafinowicz, a uh, very fun uh, voice actor. Big fan of his. Yeah, and we got to see that once again. Dazzle is susceptible to falling into idols. Right, he mm -hmm. loves and idolizes all these people, but he idolizes an artist, which people didn't necessarily know about him. Chrysalis definitely didn't think that was possible. No, definitely not. But once we see the type of art, it kind of makes sense. It's childish. It's comic sansy. I don't think I've ever seen any of those strike visualizations with uh, a name tag 
at the bottom <laughs> of it, like somebody signing, yeah, I'm proud of this. Yeah. But uh, uh, at, at the same time mm -hmm. that all of this is happening, uh, Dazzle falls into the trap of, of, of an idol, mm -hmm. and there's this Moonbeam City maniac on the loose. Uh, I, how, how early did you figure it out? I mean, pretty much right away. Yeah. It's, the thing is, with Moonbeam City, it's not about the destination. It's the journey. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much true with any animated comedy, right? It's like, it's nice to be surprised and everything, but ultimately, this is a show where you can really just kick back and enjoy the ride. Yeah, it's not really about the mystery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, more rewarding than that was, you know, again, we got to see a little bit of a journey with Dazzle, right? We got to see how we had talked a little bit in the last episode about how this show really not only visually goes into the late 70s, early 80s, mm -hmm. but really falls into the tropes of movies and entertainment from that time. So it totally makes sense, at least in my mind, that Dazzle, of course, had a parent who died when he was really young and then became the best cop that there could be. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if that story will change. If it'd be like a Joker-esque, like, there's a different reason why his mom died every single time uh, and he just got inspired all these different ways. Because I don't put it past him. He seems probably... He's probably insane. Pretty malleable, yeah. And, and yet we have this link into this crazy world with Chrysalis. Mm -hmm. And and that kind of came into the forefront in this episode where she's put as the leader of this task force in order to find the Moonbeam City Maniac. And she's the only one doing actual police work. And even at the end of episode one, where Dazzle and the carjacker are just firing off at each other and never hitting each other, mm -hmm. Chrysalis just takes one shot and hits the dude. She's the only person on the force, aside, arguably, I would assume, from pizzazz mm -hmm. uh that actually does her job and and does it well yeah and i thought it was really interesting seeing the change from the first two episodes where she was was she an intern i want to say again in the she, first episode she was the equivalent of a pa she was starting out at the very she was essentially in the mailroom. yeah and so that was nice to see her kind of grow into her own uh, dazzle said it at the end of the episode where that she came into her own right but i'm mm -hmm. glad that we have someone who okay she's competent but she's not just that stereotypical underling like oh what's going on my bosses are acting crazy she sees all of the insanity and instead of just going what am i gonna do she has to deal with it yeah she's actually taking charge mm -hmm. which is a good thing but i thought it was also interesting we got to peek into that world a little bit more into her mind and that she really is this milk toast sort of white bread not gen uh, generic i think was a word that was on the tip of your tongue well uh, i don't want to say generic because no, I mean, yeah. that implies i think that has a negative connotation to it but when we were talking about how dazzle sets up that oh yeah well it'd be like if you met the president of a, i don't know a glasses factory mm -hmm. and then the glasses factory gets destroyed and she's actually heartbroken not the glasses it. factory so it's like yes yeah, she really is this person it's not just oh it's the put upon young female underling it's someone who actually is this it's a little more like lisa simpson Right. That's Maybe. a good. That's a good descriptor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. As as much as she she tries to be her own person, she does fall into some of the tropes that make her appealing on a, on sort of a subtextual level. Mm -hmm. And Dazzle calls her out on it, and mm -hmm. so you can kind of say that he's really good at reading people. Uh, in, a, in a bizarre way, like super accurately. Unless you're a murderer, in which case he gives you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> 
literally as he's murdering people around. I hope I didn't just kill an innocent man after he's standing <laughs> on top of a giant bolodome with a nuclear bomb. It had the nuclear thing on it strapped to his body. And and he uh, God, and he saw him shoot cops like in front of him. And <laughs> that that is something you do have to hand to Dazzle, is he's not easily shaken to a fault mm-hmm. and he sticks to his convi- convictions. And even as his opinions of uh, von Graf start to change, he he acts in ways that we haven't seen him that make him a little bit more responsible. Like Rad in in finding all of the <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm thinking of all of the famous murder strike visualizations oh, that they God. did. That was, that was funny, but disgusting. That was. It was a bowling <laughs> snuff film. It was so bizarre. But it, and 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 Rad is is uh, rightfully so puking his guts out. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dazzle saves him from being shot. He didn't save those other two cops. Who who knows what number of mugs they had back at the station? <laughs> but he he saves Rad. Be, and that shows a little bit more of what type of a person he is. Yeah, he is not irredeemable. No. he it, When it push comes to shove, he will save the people around him. He does have this sort of weird back and forth dynamic with Rad. And we got it at the end, too, where Rad starts in on, Oh, Dazzle, I've always seen you Psych, as a... Slap. Yeah. <laughs> Arm throw, judo throw over the... Oh, God. Yeah, but it's interesting because now we're seeing that relationship play out where mm-hmm. even though they are competitors, there's something going on there where it's like a big brother, little brother dynamic. Yeah. Maybe. I can definitely see that. Yeah, Rad wants to catch up. Dazzle is giving him crap but also protecting him. And and Rad makes... Rad has a lot of fun being reckless. He thinks that's... he Dazzle does it with such... Mm-hmm. Uh, such a cool head and bravado where it just comes naturally where when they, they ask Rad to be the asshole, he's like, oh, goody, 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 goody. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. And that's also, again, seeing him as a competent police officer in his own weird <laughs> way. Yeah. That he's not total, it's not like we saw in episode two, which as funny as it is to see him when he's totally failing and incompetent and getting covered in his own vomit or feces or whatever bodily fluids that it is. He got covered in blood as well. And I'm this remembering episode. the bloody, mo- the, the monologue of yeah. last week. Uh, poop, poop. poop, I pooped yeah. in that poop. I didn't know which poop was my poop. But uh. he's not totally helpless. No. When he needs to be, he can have certain skills that are applicable in this world. We've seen, as of episode two, we we have already seen, all the majority of the characters anyway, at a very low point. Right. And now that kind of gives gives us an idea of how we want to see them succeed now. Yeah. And this, in a way, this was the first time where they competently stopped something yeah. as opposed to they they failed their way into it. Yeah, that's a very good point. They may have figured it out at the very last second, but they thought, or Chrysalis, thought of the plan to get all of the best bowlers in Moonbeam City across mm-hmm. however many bowling alleys there are, probably <laughs> just as many malls as there are in Moonbeam <laughs> City, uh, to, to bowl a perfect game because... Von Groff is just that into himself and into bowling and, and uh, all of the, the bowling terms and, and German and French and just yeah. psychopathic. But they came up with a plan to stop this guy as opposed to, oh, yeah, my stage broke and I, I 
totally gored a dude through his head. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think the show is really starting to come together as a vehicle. Yes. Right? As a confident <laughs> working machine. Not that it They're coming before. together as a team now. Yeah. Like, like instead of everybody being on their own, Chrysalis being added into the mix has now added this element of here's a four-person team where everybody knows what they're supposed to do, but uh, rad check your privilege, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep you in check for all of this. So it, it looks like we actually have something that we can move forward with and maybe have, finally, a multi-episode arc. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Definitely. When it comes down the pipeline, although this show is so serialized that, who knows, maybe never. But Yeah, maybe certain, never. I mean, hey, they've been doing plenty of callback jokes throughout. I mean, the number two cop mug. And yeah. Again, with the shades, I'm getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Oh, what a, still, still, still. Um, and, they and, can do it. I have faith. Yes. And, and, and like... I mean, a pilot's a pilot, mm -hmm. and then the first episode is kind of a merging, a fading from the pilot into what the show was actually going to be. Right. And with that change, uh, you brought it up while we were watching the show, we've seen, uh, the, the first two episodes were, like, hyper-sexualized, like, especially the first episode. Right. Uh, essentially, all of the big 80s stuff was was sex and the hearts coming out of his eyes. Mm -hmm. Whereas now we're getting into a little bit more of an over-the-top violence, which is a little bit more in... Excuse me, in Titmouse's uh, wheelhouse, <laughs> right? Uh, like f from the Metalocalypses and, and and the other shows that they do. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know we were talking about this when the show was playing. We were watching it. Like mm -hmm. it is really hard to do over the top sexual these days because just like it's everywhere, man. Like you can go on the internet, and I'm sorry to say, it, you can find porn. Like you don't can be sorry find... about that. That's <laughs> the can... magic of modern technology, sir. <laughs> you can find all of these things. You can... anything that you want. There's some sort of crazy animated GIF going on. So it's so hard to do that and push mm. the boundaries in terms of like, oh, we're being naughty by saying that. Oh, he likes sex. Like that just it doesn't cut it anymore no, yeah. so for me it was really rewarding to see this show it's going in a new direction for me where it's pushing boundaries as opposed to just these flat like sexual sort of characters if you're gonna push boundaries you're gonna do it in a cool new way it's a little more nuanced like we saw with quasar daniels there was the again amazing names there was <laughs> there's the illusion that her and Dazzle have done it before, mm -hmm. and she's a badge bunny, and 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 there's definitely sex in in the, I mean, there's definitely sex in this world as there should be. Yeah, it's better to acknowledge it than than say it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And and there are the times when other shows use it for storylines, and I think there will be other times. I don't think we're gonna see the end of it. Oh, I think no. there's definitely gonna be uh, crazy illusions uh, throughout the series, but as well as. Hopefully something as ridiculous as Aisha Shah and, and Dazzle in episode one. <laughs> that was just pure madness. But mm -hmm. um, in terms of the violence in this episode, not just in the the strike visualizations, <laughs> that's that's it now. Like that's that's the term that's going to be in my mind now. Anytime I go bones, I check out the strike visualization. <laughs> what is a stupid cartoon? No, 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 no. You don't get it. Um, you don't understand this art form. A transmedia divitarian <laughs> made this. Which, I, by the way, I went to a media production college, and I'm sure that at some point someone tried to claim the name Transmedia Divitarian. How perfect is that? The Ugh. terms, the terms made up, and the names, the the fiction in this reality <laughs> is so 
It's it's uh, the language is as colorful as the city itself. And I, what oh, can man, I say? Oh man, that's a blurb if there ever was one. Put that on the front of the DVD. Scott, I'm sending that to you directly. Uh, <laughs> please, we'd love to see you on the show. But uh, it, it's it's true. Is they use all of this this flowery, colorful language that mm-hmm. you, if you don't actually know what it means, it's flowery enough to get the message across of why the person is saying it. Yeah, and you can look it up later. You can watch it with captions as we did. But it was it was still it was von Groff is just a completely different type of psychopath Mm -hmm. than the rest of our cast yeah and it's a different type of psychopath than what we see on tv normally bowling obsessed uh murderer mass murderer absolutely and by the way since you were talking about watching it with captions you need to go back and watch it with captions if only to hear uh the parenthetical of flat maniacal laughter <laughs> yeah which is what they use to describe von graf's weird ah, 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 towards the end that yeah. that performance was so bizarre and it kept you it kept you interested in in what he was all about yeah and the just the use of of a pin puller as just like something to carry him away and <laughs> and he had like the the I don't even know what it's called for when they sweep the lane, grab the women and pull them up towards the stage. <laughs> yeah. And they were just like, whatever, no like dangling legs or whatever, mm-hmm. is is madness. I mean, we got to talk about the animation on this show. Yes, we do. And what has been sort of progressing. Because mm-hmm. when it first came out, a lot of reviews said, yeah, it's good, but it's really striking visuals, it's very colorful, but... I don't know, not a lot going on. It's people sort of standing and talking. I would challenge anyone who said that to go back and watch the scene in, God, was it Trapezio? Trapezios. Oh, my God. Just the sheer volume of stuff going on in the background. Yeah, the two people colliding each other in midair. Everyone falling and swinging around and dropping off drinks. Swinging into frame and out of frame. (laughs) That's a busy... That was a busy scene. Yeah. Not just like a nightclub scene where you can just do a stock, like, black shadow people in the background. Yeah. uh, And you have your main players up... Excuse me. Main players up front. No, that was... That was impressive. A lot of love and attention to detail mm-hmm. going into this one. And the timing on all of these things. Just like just the visual of that wrecking ball coming in and murdering Flash Delaney mm-hmm. is like, come on, man. That's perfect execution. And Flash Delaney is probably the most normal sounding name in this series. <laughs> There's and more... it's still a weird name. Yeah, but f- like Delaney, that's a re- that seems like a regular name. Mm-hmm. And Flash is becoming more and more of a of a public lexicon lexicon because of the Flash, Flash mm-hmm. Thompson from Spider Man. Like that's that's less of a crazy name. Mm-hmm. So it made it seem like he's more of an average cop from an average time. Who they didn't buy into the into the the common uh, uh, use of. X amount of time before retirement. He retired. He was yeah. retired. He He's was off the free. force. Yeah, he was he was fine. You shouldn't be worried about this days. guy wrecking ball. Zero days away from retirement. <laughs> Still said with much, much regret. Mm-hmm. Um even just the little flashes on the news of like the hot air balloon through the glasses factories you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um and also just the different angles. Yeah. It, yeah. it wasn't as flat. It wasn't as just two standard shot, rock shot. two shot. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it, it, it looked like they, they've had more of a chance to play with the camera now. Mm-hmm. and uh, Camera, quote, unquote. Well, yeah, yeah. But um, we get more full body shots, less close-ups. Even even though the, like, straight-up headshots 
are super dramatic and super 80s mm-hmm. and and help set up whatever visual gag is is behind mm-hmm. um it it's still even the the scope of seeing the top of the bola dome and the helicopters and and everybody's clothes moving in in the helicopters was oh, was really yeah. impressive no it, it's really it's a very strangely beautiful show it's i mean it's a combination of the it's it's really the the art style the mm-hmm. the, the art style that's carried over from the 80s and and it it all comes together in such a weird way and titmouse is so good at with their timing uh what was your favorite strike visualization favorite strike visualization oh god whether it was one of the macabre uh snuff snuffy film ones or one of the the ones that we saw in a bowling alley god there were so many to choose from um I'm honestly going to say it's the Matador one because I think I've legitimately seen <laughs> that. We, I'm like, what is going on here with the bull and the Matador? With like the, the gross fiddle music, like the bizarre, like midi uh, uh, yeah. fiddle. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the music on that was so on point because it's always such terrible music. In and also another things. good, another reason to, to turn the captions on Yeah, is, is to see what it puts for that music. <laughs> How about yours? You have to have one. I'm sure. I think, I think I've got to go with the most striking one, which I think was <laughs> striking. Yeah. Ah, bazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This show is gonna drive us insane in uh, the best possible way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 one that made me just go, "Whoa, what the hell?" has got to be uh, the Kennedy assassination oh, one, <laughs> especially because they flashed back to Oswald well, Ballswald in the in the library, and he's just like, "Yeah," and the ball on the grassy it knoll. Was so <laughs> stupid, but amazing. Uh, the, uh, this they is... do such a good job with visuals, not mm-hmm. just in that, but I mean, come on, the seven reference where they had all the balls hanging from. Yeah, the the, p- the pins hanging from. The, yeah, 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 pins yeah. hanging from there. I'm sorry. Just like, yeah. ah, ah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the, this might be the most. Actually, no. I've seen a lot of Metalocalypse, and that show's messed up. But th- this is this is probably one of the most messed up murderers. Mm-hmm. Even if you put it against like serious stuff and like Red Dragon, yeah, and and yeah. all of that. If you take this guy in a serious uh, light, mm-hmm. this is the mo- one of the most insane people on the planet. Oh yeah, yeah. And and the fact that they can take that and make it funny because it's so ridiculous. It's such a stupid premise. <laughs> It just really flat is. Out that, stupid. Yeah, if you're just like, oh, it's a guy who's a serial killer, but he's d- obsessed with bowling balls. You say, what is that? And then Moonbeam's in. He's like, no, we are committing to this. It's like the poop joke thing. Yeah. It's like, no, this is what we are doing, and you better strap in because you're going 30 minutes with this. Yeah. Is it this? And it's a fast 22 minutes. Oh yeah. It really yeah. is. Like when the commercials come. It's like, oh, oh, okay, no, no, keep going. Like, we got to keep going. We got to see how this continues. Yeah. Um, and luckily, we're we're they're getting a little bit more of the show, uh, with the credits roll up on the bottom instead of a uh, short scene and then full credits. Right, right. So now we're getting. Hopefully, we get to see that little bit longer, even though it's like an extra minute. It's a minute I'll take. We we wouldn't have gotten Daz throwing Rad over the over the railing. God, we got to do a couple of quick wrap-ups here we gotta mention all of the great visual gags that we saw number two cop mug 
yeah, that, that made a return. We saw the dramatic shades going across Pizzazz's face again. It's got to be a thing. It's got to be a thing. We saw all the names of all the stuff going on in the background. The, oh God, Mrs. Miss Guttersworth. Miss Guttersworth. <laughs> Such a stupid <laughs> pun name for a bowling alley. Trapezios, <laughs> I love that. I love the guy holding the keep balls out of our school yeah because it was there were there were uh protests for wrecking ball control and it was the uh the newsman's opinion that it wasn't the wrecking ball but the actual (laughs) mechanism that swings the wrecking ball uh favorite one though i that i jotted down really quick the banner that says happy retirement and then in old 80s printer paper on the bottom from life (laughs) I I didn't. It was too fast for me to see what the bottom thing was, but Uh, I just saw happy retirement. Yeah. (laughs) Happy retirement from life. (laughs) And that was a great line, too. It's what better way to celebrate uh, a career than by going to his favorite restaurant? Am I going to my favorite restaurant, (laughs) Trapezios? Um, (laughs) The the problem, well, it's not really a problem. Mm -hmm. The great thing about the show is. Multiple viewings can unlock new things that you never saw before. Like that. The mm-hmm. fact that that was so out in the open, because I remember seeing a sign there, mm-hmm. and I still missed it, that makes me want to go back and watch the show and see what other stuff was there, see what the other bowling alleys were called. Yeah. And and that's that's good everything. That's that's good... Um, See, that's good placement in a scene. Yeah, they they have a, they have an opportunity to do that. You won't find this much dedication in a live action show. Yeah. Uh, though I would like to see all of these characters show up in real life in some way, shape, or form. Maybe I wouldn't want to meet any of these people in real life. <laughs> but I. Well, I mean, I would want to see Rob Lowe show up in a black shirt and a pink suit with okay. his sleeves rolled up, and Will Forte in that bizarre onesie with Rad as a belt and that snake belt that Pizzazz wears. Okay. I think. I wonder if Moonbeam City will be a hit for Halloween, you know? That would be a good one. Yeah, absolutely. And just kind of building off of what you said, I think it's going to be a great show for, like, Netflix or whoever gets it and streams it all at once. Yeah. Because this is the sort of thing where we benefited a little bit from discussing two shows at once last week where we got to see that continuation so i think people are going to be able to like watch three episodes at a time and say hey number two cop mug all right i wonder if that's something that goes into creative now if if post air streaming Mm -hmm. is something or like we want you to have these references so people want to watch the next episode immediately now that we have that ability uh it i i think it's it's par for the course uh, i know comedy center or at least south park has a deal with hulu mm-hmm. and and they get every episode the day after it airs hey, south park studios yeah that's that's the uh, a really good way to to acknowledge your digital audience and comedy central is really good about that yeah so i i would like to think that we would at least have for the week that that first episode's air it's available unlimited digitally and then once the season is over Here's the whole season. Check it all out. I, I don't know why you would buy it on iTunes when it's so readily available streaming. But, uh, but you should. Give them all of your money. You should. <laughs> you really should. And and any sort of merchandise, like if we could see, excuse me, a soundtrack, a soundtrack from the Dance Club Band, mm-hmm. uh, who we are in talks to get in on the show. And gotcha. I, can't, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the show has a weird uh, air schedule where it's three weeks break, three weeks break. Oh. So we're not going to be here next week. Mm. 
Uh, but when we come back, we are probably going to have the dance club band in for the for the fourth or fifth episode. Yeah. And uh, and if you want us to have any other guests in, please let them know. Rob Lowe, Elizabeth Banks, Will Forte, Scott Gardner. Um, I, we're going to do our own work as well, but just let them know that we're here so that we can get the uh, the word up. And of course, we want to hear from you guys too. Yep. We want to hear your comments. We want to hear your thoughts. Get at us on the tweets. The tweets is always a good way to reach us. I don't know why I call it the tweets. It works. It's, it's marketable. Good enough. Yeah. It's, right. it's alarming to go, why does they call it the tweets instead of the Twitter? Yeah. So, so that gets that gets folks' attention. I hope everyone is whispering it in the same I hope way so that you are. <laughs> but uh, you can also reach us on the YouTubes. Yes. We are streaming. If you don't know that we stream live on, you, stream li- stream live on YouTube, you we go. stream live on YouTube at AfterBuzzTV, uh, YouTube.com slash AfterBuzzTV. We are also on iTunes. So if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, we're on iTunes. Just look for Moonbeam City. Uh, mm-hmm. We're probably the first thing to come up since there's really no nobody else talking about this, for, which is dumb. Dummies. Uh, dumb, go- dumb dummies. Good for us, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're in the loop. Uh, so, so make sure to leave a rating for us on iTunes. We'll shout you out on the show. Leave us a rating. Uh, anything that you would like to hear us talk about on the show when it comes to the back end. So if you want to hear more about Titmouse, more about Scott Gardner, more about any of these actors, any anything about this art style, We'll talk about it. We are at your mercy, at your behest. So please, uh, spurn us. Uh, just leave us a comment at uh, on iTunes and on YouTube, and uh, we're, we're going to get back to you. But uh, I think that'll do it for this episode of Moonbeam City. Is there anything else you wanted to add? No, man. Just get us those comments. Get us those ratings through some crazy algorithm. I'm borrowing from Archer now. That, that's, that's good. Through some crazy algorithm I will never fully understand. It keeps the lights on in this place. So do it, please. It does. Uh, where can the folks find you on Twitter? They can find me at Greg Goodness. And you can also find my sketch comedy troupe, It's the Cops, who perform every second Sunday of the month at IO West. That's also their Twitter handle. Follow them, follow me. Where can they find you, good sir? You can find me on Twitter at SoapboxMark. I also do a little wrestling podcast called Gimmick. You can follow that at The Gimmick Pod on Twitter. Uh, I'm here doing uh, Jedi Alliance. Do Games Make Good Movies is coming back next week. Uh, and of course, your wrestling NXT show, uh, which will be live tomorrow at 6 p.m. Uh, but we're going to be back here, not next week, the week after for Moonbeam City. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you at the Moonbeam Bay. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 